1: Today is Sunday, March 3rd, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman. Episode 304 featuring Yahoo Sports NBA writer Ben Rohrbach is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Go to clnsmedia.com win or use the promo code CLNS50 to get a 50% bonus on your next deposit. Our show also brought to you by The Athletic. Get 40% off your monthly subscription just by going to theathletic.com slash Celtic speed. All right, I wish I could tell you I was in a better mood. I'm not. We know what's going on with the Celtics lately, and we've got a whole lot to dissect, a whole ton to talk about. Let's welcome in our guest, Ben Rohrbach, covers the NBA for Yahoo Sports. He's been on the program before. You should be familiar. If you're not, you should read his writing, a lot of great stuff. Ben, good to have you back on the show. It's been a while.
0: Yeah, thanks for having
1: me. You know, I wish the timing was a little bit better in that whoever was going to join me for this particular show was not going to be a whole hell of a lot of fun talking about the Celtics with the way things have gone. We're talking, obviously, mostly bigger picture stuff, and there are a handful of games beyond the All-Star break. We're getting into the stretch run of the season. I do want to go back though first to the loss to the Raptors for just a moment to sort of set up the show, because to me, that was not the worst loss of the year. That was the Clippers' defeat after blowing a 28-point lead. That was atrocious, but this one was bad. The lack of compete level in a game of that importance, a potential playoff preview, the fact that it was over by halftime, it was kind of startling. The Celts, they were better the next night against the Blazers. Had they hit a few more threes, they end up winning that game, but do you think just... About a quarter of the way left in the year, the loss to the Raps was rock bottom. I know we keep trying to define, redefine rock bottom, but did, did it feel like to you that was rock bottom?
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I would say so. So far, I mean, you you hope it's rock bottom. <laughs> I feel like a first round exit or something like that would be rock bottom.
1: But, well, uh, sure. I guess I just mean in the scope <laughs> of the regular yeah, season.
0: For now, for yeah, for for sure, I would say I would say so. Especially with like everything that's going on with Kyrie. Coming off that bold loss, which was another horrible one, you'd Mm. think they would have showed a little more fight, and then just to get blown off the floor like that. It's kind of embarrassing.
1: Well, and we've seen a pattern of it at this point, too. And the Celts, they've they've struggled overall since the Super Bowl. Really, if you want to go back to that early last month, solid month of, of just inconsistencies, mostly failings, a, a whole lot of frustration. It's been visible on the court. It has been apparent with the media off the court all year. They've really played up or down to their competition, the will to win, mm-hmm. the fight. It's not there on a regular basis. The frequent underperformances that have plagued this team and, and and we could outline player after player documenting that. They admit to not being on the same page, and and after the loss to Portland, we heard from both Kyrie Irving and Marcus Smart. Been a part of
0: uh, you know two organizations, one where I was in uh, Cleveland in 2017. where We're down the stretch, and we lose a bunch of games in a row, and we end up sweeping you know the whole Eastern Conference, and I don't, I don't think anybody in the Eastern Conference could you know really compete with us at, at a high level when we're playing way we're supposed to be playing we're just not together the last couple years we were together when, when
1: things hit we become stronger we're not we're not there yet like i said we're going to get there it's just taking time you can always find sound uh, postgame pregame whatever all our different shows on the clns youtube page recommend you subscribe but ben hearing that and hearing these players just at a certain point you kind of have to say this is just who these guys are this is just what this team is the whole dennis green you know they are who we thought they were Have we reached Mm -hmm. that point with this group?
0: I go back and forth on that. I feel like, yes, that they sort of are this underachieving team. But there's part of me that's like, maybe everything, maybe the playoffs like kick something in for this team where the rotate, Brad's not like playing guys just to get them a minute. Guys aren't just, you know, they're not trying to work guys, get shots for guys um, because they're upset about their touches or whatever and and things start to sort itself out and everybody sort of buys into the collective at that point because they're not chasing, you know, season long stats for contracts and all that. That that's the only thing that I like would hold on to if I was trying to remain optimistic about this team, but it's hard to even believe that's true when with all that's gone on over the last I would say few weeks, I guess. So- Ever since sort of the with Kyrie backed off from the The whole Ask Me July 1st thing. thing. That, That seems to be where it, like, started to really fall off.
1: So you still believe, though, that they can flip a switch, even though this group, together as one, has never shown any evidence of being able to do that?
0: Yeah, I don't, like, I don't know if it's flip the switch. I don't think they can really flip a switch because I agree that they can't. They don't really have, like, We've never seen the on, (laughs) so right. I mean, not for more than a (laughs) couple week period
1: of time. Even when they were winning twelve out of fifteen going into the break, Marcus Morris said they weren't having fun.
0: Right. I just feel like maybe there's a point in the play, like at the start of the playoffs, where just things start to fall into place. That that force that you know, it's not like a switch, but it's just like that settles everything out um, in terms of whatever chemistry thing is going on where they're trying to satisfy everybody because in the playoffs it's just you go with whoever's playing well and that's the only thing i I can think of that would sort of solve all this these issues
1: i don't expect you to have the answer to this because quite frankly brad stevens and the players don't have the answer to this so it's it's just us kind of speculating and attempting to have fun but why has this season been so different from the last in terms of effort urgency connectivity as Sean Grandy likes to call it you know the heart isn't there on any sort of regular basis they aren't together as the players talk about that had always been a staple of Brad Stevens teams
0: yeah you I mean you wonder I feel like last year I feel like last year it was they were all rallying around the injuries and they sort of had to play extremely hard to be as competitive as they were and this year it seemed like they came in they thought they were the best team in the east and they didn't buy into it as well i mean they didn't buy into the having to put forth the effort to prove that they were um and a couple of years ago with like isaiah thomas teams sort of same thing those guys were all like underachievers no one really expected them to be an easter conference Finals team um so they had to put forth, forth that effort to prove to prove themselves and these guys were sort of going in believing that they had already proved themselves that's that's sort of how I feel about this season. They just, like, didn't put in the work.
1: Taking that a step further, too, and I'm just thinking about this now on the fly, so I don't know, but even that team, the Isaiah Thomas team that you referenced, and Evan Turner talked about it ahead of that Portland game just because he was on that team, talking about how they were kind of those plucky overachievers, and they, they rallied together because they thought that everyone— didn't think they were very good, and, and so it was brass balls of steel or however he termed it. But even come the playoffs, you know, they again, and it was tragic, but they found something to rally around. You know, they were rallying around their best player and obviously the the death of Isaiah Thomas's sister. And like you said, the injuries last year in a much less serious sense. but. Is that what it is this year? Like this team still just hasn't found what it is that it needs to to rally behind. I mean, to me, it's it's easy. How about rallying behind keeping Kyrie Irving in Boston and being motivated to to have your best players stick around come July one? But is is that what it is? You know, does is this group just struggling to find its motivation? As crazy as that sounds, because you would think chasing a championship is motivation enough.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it's they're not motivated to. To find it collectively, they, they all seem to be motivated. Even watching some of these games recently, like a lot of guys are playing hard, but it's just not jailing together. They're not. It seems like they are chasing individual goals, you know. So it's hard to say. Like they do need something to rally around, and maybe maybe they're not rallying around keeping Kyrie because <laughs> they,
1: they, they don't, <laughs> don't want to keep Kyrie. Yeah,
0: yeah, I don't know. I mean. I sort of pushed back against that for a while, but now now I'm starting to come around on, like, something isn't working here. And I think the best solution is to have Kyrie here for a long term, but, um, but I'm coming around on not everybody's clicking on this team, and something's going to have to change this, this summer.
1: Well, what do you believe or or have you heard even is, is going on behind the scenes? You know, we know there's a disconnect. We know that the C's are clicky and also, as you said, aren't clicking. ESPN's Jordan Schultz had a tweet after the Portland game. He wrote, spoke with NBA coach about Celtics. His take was simple. Believes that chronic infighting is eating at them. Too many egos right now that are not being tended to as a result in lack of offensive fluidity. Chemistry is severed, which puts additional pressure on Brad Stevens to fix it. I've talked about that a lot. I mean, for weeks, for months on this show, you just highlighted some of those very same concepts. Is there friction to the point that you think Danny Ainge will break up this group in the offseason, regardless of whether Anthony Davis is attainable and he you know, has to in that situation because he's trading away a bunch of pieces?
0: Yeah, I do agree. I, I think... I certainly overestimated this, underestimated this going into the season, but the young guys trying to be put into lesser roles when they're trying to build out their own resumes is definitely impacting this team. Like there's, there's no doubt that Rogier, Tatum Brown at times this season have all been pressing too much, not buying into, you know, filling the roles that they need to play on a team with other stars. But, um, as far as changing out, changing the roster this summer, I mean, I don't know if some of that stuff will work itself out. Like Marcus Morris is probably gone, Rozier is probably gone, and that frees up time for guys. So, so maybe that helps just just on its own. Getting those two guys out, you sort of have Smart as your backup point guard. You have more m- minutes where Morris was for you know Rozier, Brown. I mean. Tatum and Brown and those guys, and then you bank on Hayward getting back to being Hayward. So I don't know if, like, if you don't get Anthony Davis, I don't think you really, like, blow it up or make a major move where you move one of those star players, um, because you're probably not going to get equal value in return. So you're probably going to just ride in the next season hoping some of that stuff sorts itself out that makes
1: sense let's take a quick break to tell you today's show is brought to you by betonline.ag lots of good nba games coming up this week to throw some money on you want free money of course you do kings are hosting the knicks on monday you can bet the Kings, the Warriors, Celtics from Oracle. That's Tuesday. So go to betonline.ag today. Get in on the action. Betonline.ag is CLNS Media's preferred online sports book Go to clnsmedia.com slash win. Get a 50% bonus when you sign up or use the promo code CLNS50. Don't be left on the sideline with all this excitement going on on the court. Plus, you can play in BetOnline's virtual casino and make some money there too. Whole lot of it. Don't forget about future bets. Baseball's starting, March Madness just a few weeks away. There's a ton coming up here. So whatever you do, make sure you use betonline.ag. Use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% bonus on your first deposit or go to clnsmedia.com win. Let's get back to Ben. Well, going back to Kyrie, and and he's the biggest domino, right? I mean, we have no clue whether he's going to be back. Something that seemed so, no, yeah, so, something that seems so inevitable, <laughs> at least in in his words, to such a a question at this point, where plenty of most national people, I would say, expect him to be gone. I think a lot of local people are coming around to that. I, I feel like I'm in a very small group that still believes he is going to resign, independent of whether or not Davis is acquired by Danny Ainge, but. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Do you think Kyrie Irving possibly just, he he doesn't gel with this group?
0: I think that's definitely a possibility. I think it's almost a likelihood right now. That seems like what the issue is to me. I was in the same camp as you where I felt like he was still going to resign. And I think the last few weeks have sort of, I would put it at like closer to 50-50 now than Mm. I was much more like you know, ninety ten that he was going to resign. Yeah, I, I, I think definitely they don't gel. <laughs> that's, I think that's pretty clear,
1: right? It is. I just want, you know, there's a difference between not gelling in the moment because whatever. I mean, you like the guys. For some reason, you can't figure it out on the floor. It's another thing to just not gel as personalities, not gel behind the scenes. Like, we heard the stories coming out of Cleveland late in his tenure there where during that playoff run, He literally didn't talk to a single teammate, like just gave everybody the silent treatment. I mean, it was overly apparent he needed out of Cleveland. Listen to people close to the Celtics and what do you expect them to say, but... Danny, you listen to Brad, you listen to some of the teammates, all people that are going to say the right things anyway, so you take it with a grain of salt but everybody says, our guys like each other, there's no jerk in the room, Danny Ainge said that in a radio interview a couple of days ago, Every everybody's great in that sense, but they clearly are not, right? There's yeah. just like Mike Gorman was on this show I don't know, a while ago, and talked about the fact that, you know, we were talking about this team compared to the 08 team, and he was saying that it's not so much the guys don't get along as much as there are fractions, you know, the baseball terminology, the 25 guys, 25 cabs mentality. And so is Kyrie Irving so far removed in that sense, even off the floor? And that, I guess, is the thing that we don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he came when he came to Boston, he was like all about kind of gel with a younger team, right? He wanted to be sort of the leader of the younger team, and there was a bunch of guys who were closer in age to him than were on that Cavs team, and that was sort of something that he said he was looking for. But yeah, maybe this is maybe they do get along, but it doesn't seem like that. I mean, you see it on the court; they don't seem to rally around each other. They don't, and then off the court, you don't really hear them like going out together. You don't see them like pounding around or whatever. Not that you have to, but, but yeah, maybe it's just a thing where there's not really a jerk in the room, but it's just they're not like really cohesive well
1: and Kyrie's um, and
0: I sort of joked about the thing about them all having kids over the last year and having to like <laughs> to deal with that
1: but, just a lot of sleep deprived a
0: that like they're just like they go home and they have to like you know have all their own things going on. Well, and it's true. It's like that, I mean, that can yeah.
1: we? We're both, you know, going through that. <laughs> kids in the last year, and plenty of the Celtics players have had kids in the last year. And it does, you know, you're you're happy, you love it, but at the same time, it it can affect your how uh, you know, how short your level of patience is.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and you're like, I'm just gonna go home and spend time with my family. Right. I'm not gonna go like hang out with these guys at dinner. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not saying that this is what happens like they They may very well do that and they go on. Run. I mean, they'll have this big road trip coming up. And I was thinking maybe that would, you know, help them bond a little bit if if they're willing to do that. You hope so, I guess.
1: Yeah, exactly. And Kyrie is, again, we know. He's frustrated. He's regularly short, snippy with the media. Uh, said this after the Blazers lost just about persevering. Yeah, you can't worry
0: about the standings now. It's too late in the season. I mean, you know, obviously the four or five spot, but you know, it's pretty, one, two is pretty much locked up. One, two, three. So as long as we get there, I mean, I can't wait for this. All this other BS about regular season and keep getting better and talking over and over and over and again about what we can do to keep getting better in the regular season. I just want to be at the highest level playing. I mean, that's what I'm here for.
1: If he actually is that confident that everything is going to be all right, what makes him so confident? Because there hasn't been any sign of it. Yeah, that comment struck me. I mean, everything he says strikes me strange. (laughs) But, um, you know, because it's
0: like Brad Stevens' whole thing to get incrementally better throughout the regular season and play at your highest level going into the playoffs, right? So he's saying that, like, he doesn't want to talk about all this stuff about getting better. And he's ready to play at the highest level, but that's him. Like he's ready, but the team clearly isn't. I mean, so like you're ready to go into the playoffs right now. I mean, you guys just got blown out by the Raptors. I don't know. It doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like they're all ready to go in together. You know, maybe maybe like I said, something clicks where they're all bought in at the play, come playoff time. But that strikes struck me the way that he said that was like that goes against pretty much everything that brad stevens believes
1: i don't agree with this ben but it's been suggested stevens is the perfect coach for a team in transition but not the right one for a contender because he's you know right now he's got the most talented roster he's ever had it's clearly struggled to put together more than a good couple week run all year do you believe that brad is in over his head
0: i don't think he's in over his head i would think that he would admit that he hasn't done the greatest job this season
1: Oh, he has um, multiple times.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the, there are certain things that you you question. I mean, like the Morris hasn't been playing that well um, of late, and it, it takes a while for him to sort of make adjustments. It seems like, but obviously he's not perfect. But I mean, we know he's a great coach, and they're You know, part of me thinks: is there something to like? he's always coached these underdog scrappy teams and he doesn't quite know exactly how to pull the strings with a team. That's like this heavy favorite or at least was going into the season and has um, a superstar like Kyrie at the, at the top where he's like the clear face of the franchise and all that. And he's clearly not like just going, you know, buying into everything the team's doing. Um, Part of me, believes that that might be true but what are you going to do you're not going to get rid I mean he's a great coach and he's sort of the future of your franchise too so I guess you kind of just have to trust he'll he'll figure it out and they can figure it out together
1: I sort of can't believe I'm asking this question because it's 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 more talk radio fodder and also stupid in a lot of different ways, but there's a notion that someone like Doc Rivers, who I think is wildly overrated, I've I've spent years talking about that, but (laughs) would be better for this team in that Doc is not as strong a coach in terms of X's and O's, but maybe met better at managing egos you know we saw obviously the the new big three era and all of that and i i think there were a lot of differences in that those guys were older and just focused on a championship it's not like the younger guys right now that are focused on contracts even arguably more so than titles and making their marks in the nba and things that we already discussed but do you buy into that at all that that approach or or that strength is a better word for it as a coach in what Doc possesses versus what we've seen from Brad in, in his very early NBA tenure?
0: Yeah, um, it, it's a hard question to answer. Like, I feel like Kyrie has – I mean, he's had a bunch of coaches in his career, and it's not like everyone's, like, tapped into his. So, yeah. so maybe it's just, like, he presents a unique situation that would be difficult for for anybody. Um, but at the same time, like, it doesn't seem like the ego thing is really – yeah, I don't. Know. I mean, it's a hard, hard question to answer. I, I don't really know how to answer that one. Um, I would say that he's he's a great coach, and I don't know if you're going to be able to find a better guy. Like, is Doc Rivers? You, do we think that's the solution? I don't. I don't. I don't really believe that's true. Yeah, I, like-
1: I definitely don't think it's a solution. Nor do I think it's. Even on the table. I'm as big a fan of Brad Stevens as anybody. I defend the guy. No, but I mean, even in like the face a of guy all like this. that. But yeah. 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 I, and I don't know either. I think it's, you know, people kind of grasp at straws. So let's do a little grasping ourselves here, okay? In, in terms <laughs> of trying to figure this thing out on the floor, we'll play coach. Let's ditch the drama, just try to solve the basketball side. Rotations continue to be a work in progress. There's no specific strategy Boston absolutely must continue to employ. Does it make sense to try the original starting unit again? Irving Hayward Brown Tatum Horford and see if the bench with attitude actually has any attitude
0: yeah I was thinking about that last night um part of me feels like they've actually started out games pretty well um even that Toronto game for a while they were I mean for the first like six or seven minutes or whatever they were in the game um the thing that I thought of last night was maybe trying to come out with a different look in the third quarter that's Quarter seems to be really killing them this year, mm. and you know maybe bring out Jalen Brown to start the third quarter, or Hayward if he's feeling it that night, or you know just just to give a different look and and sort of set up rotations a little bit differently in the second half. Um, see if you can tap into some energy coming out of halftime uh, in a different way that then obviously has been the case this season. And I do believe that Bain's coming back will be a big help in sort of that toughness effort uh, category that that will make a big difference.
1: Do you think Brad has forced the Hayward issue at all? Meaning, you know, he's he's played him too much at the expense of others or in the wrong situations.
0: You know, yeah, I, I I guess so. You know, there's there's games where you're like he cleared it, doesn't have it tonight, and we're still sticking with him. But, um, you know, for the most part, you understand why they're doing that because they need him to be the guy that, they, that, you know, at least close to what he was before. And he's sort of the X factor going into the playoffs because if he is healthy, I mean, if he is playing at a level um, that he's shown in stretches to be able to play at, then he – presents a challenge for those other teams in the East where they have just so many wings um, against some of those other teams that are uh, not as deep in that regard, um, that he can be a real game changer in that regard. So, so you sort of understand the amount that he's played, but I think there are times where you're like, okay, this isn't the, this isn't the time that he needs to be out there. He's not, he's not, doesn't have it tonight. And, uh, just need to regroup and maybe see if he can come out better the next game.
1: You brought up Marcus Morris earlier, and at one point in time, this guy was the team's most consistent player. There was conversation, more fan conversation than actual league conversation, but conversation about him being an all-star, all that. Why is he gone, or how is it that he's gone, just so ice cold? I mean, his shooting percentages have plummeted December to January, January to February, and where we are now at the beginning of March.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like some of it you, f- you probably feel is like regression towards the mean where he was playing so far above, you know, what what we expected or what he probably is as a player. And now we're on the other side of that where he's playing well below it. So you just sort of hope he finds somewhere in the middle that that he was, you know, sort of the guy that he was last year where he's <laughs> – he's, it's probably – a big shooting slump that he's going through and you hope that he finds his way out of it he probably won't get back to uh, the way he was shooting at the beginning of the season but you hope that he's you know above league average and and giving you that defense every night and that effort and becomes a, a valuable player for you again
1: yeah for a little while the guy was on a fifty forty ninety slash rate it was it was remarkable really expect that right no especially from a guy like Marcus Morris but should they just, in terms of this experimentation topic, do you move him back to the bench? Try somebody else out. You put Gordon Hayward in, or lineup becomes a bit smaller. Or you put Jalen Brown in, or Aaron Baines comes back eventually. Do you do you shift Morris back to see if he can regain that confidence with the second unit going up against another team's second unit?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, I feel like it. I feel like it's worth trying a, a whole bunch of different things. I mean, that seems like a pretty obvious move. Uh, right. At, like, I don't know why they so. haven't really tried it yet. I mean, what do you, what do you have to lose? Like <laughs> he's, he's, he's shown, I think he's expressed a willingness to go back to the bench and you might, you might as well try it at this point. Jalen Brown's been playing really well. I feel like of late, and he's a guy that could go in there, but I I, I think he's expressed that he likes coming off the bench a bit. so hmm. So maybe Hayward's the guy to, to, um, to move in there but but yeah why not try it i mean everything's not going well right now so (laughs) so you do need to shake something up
1: we all know terry rosier has been bad takes a lot of crap for it not enough time though I, i think is spent on the why part is it mental? I mean, has he just not been able to get past returning to the bench after such a successful run as a starter, and he's pressing and and looking to maximize his dollars and all of that this offseason? Why is it that he's been so incredibly ineffective and inefficient this year?
0: Yeah, I I talked to him about this earlier in the year, and I think it was like December, and that was when he was sort of going through a stretch where he was playing well. He said that he started out the season – with the wrong attitude, which was uh, that he was the player from the playoffs and that he, um, you know, he wanted that bigger role. Uh, and then when I talked to him in, in around December, he said he changed his attitude. He bought into fulfilling this role off the bench and and um, sort of playing out this year with great energy and, and um, playing more of a role than a sort of, I don't know if you'd say he was a star in the playoffs last year, but, you know, like a starter's role. And he seems to have flipped back towards where maybe that he doesn't have the right attitude anymore. And he's, he was clearly going through something at the time, and he sounded like he was coming out of that. But um, but since since he's gone through it before, then, then I'm sure there is something to it. He has definitely lost value, right?
1: I would think, so and, unless it, unless another team just team. looks at the starter and and reserve splits and says, this is you know as long as he's the starter on our team, this is who we believe th- that he can be.
0: Yeah, and I feel like every time you watch him, it does feel like he's pressing a ton when he's out there trying to maximize his minutes, and that's not the best way to play. And he he's admitted that, and he sort of seemed to tap into to playing well at for a stretch that I, I just happened to talk to him as like at the end of a three-week stretch where he was playing pretty well and um, had sort of bought into the concept, but it seems like that's probably switched at this point.
1: Maybe I ought to talk to him again, see, see if you reverse jinx <laughs> yeah, this thing. Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? One last break. Want to tell you today's show also brought to you by The Athletic. If you haven't heard about The Athletic by now, you got to be living under a rock. These guys have been crushing every element of sports coverage imaginable. Whether you're looking for a specific local coverage with beat guys, sports discussed under a national lens, or anything in between, you got to make sure you take a close look at The Athletic. No pop-ups, no ads, high-quality content waiting behind every single click jay king and jared weiss some of the more knowledgeable guys covering the celtics also good friends of this program so make sure you check out their work and they're not the only ones ...that cover this team and the NBA. You can check them out. Check out Sham Sharania, Sam Amick, Frank Isola, a bunch of other great NBA and college basketball writers. You can't get content like this anywhere else. 600 to 750 new articles every single week. Who else is pushing out quality material like that? If you haven't signed up, take advantage of this deal because it's not going to last forever. Go to the athletic.com slash Celticspeed. Get forty percent off your monthly subscription. That's a subscription for less than three dollars a month just by going to the athletic.com slash Celticspeed. So skip one coffee a month, you get a subscription. Shams, Amick, King, Weiss, all less than three bucks a month. Come on, sign yourself up. Go to the athletic.com slash Celticspeed. Let's get back to the show. If God forbid the Celtics lose in the first round of the playoffs. What happens? You know, what if this whole thing, what we thought was so great, is a bust? You know, what's the team look like in six months, do you think?
0: Well, I mean, there's a really bad path that this could go where you, where Kyrie walks, he says, this just isn't working, and we lost in the first round, and this isn't the place for me. I thought it was, but, you know, I, I just, I don't want to spend the rest of, you know, another four years here. And he walks and then maybe then Ainge says, I don't know if we should change Chase Davis, give up all these assets for Davis because then he could walk too. Mm-hmm. And now we don't have Kyrie because, and that's our key to keeping Davis here. <laughs> Cause if you trade a bunch of assets for Davis and then he leaves, then you've lost like this whole rebuild that's like the worst case scenario and it's well and and a taking that a step right? further
1: yeah and taking that a step further i i think then the position that you're in probably if i'm just playing it out is kyrie goes danny feels compelled to potentially even overpay to re-sign terry just because at that point in time you need him yep. more more than you do right yeah. now or if kyrie's around anyway and then you're building around a core that pending some massive move where you're trading pieces like a Davis, you know, you're building around a core with Terry, with Smart, with obviously Tatum, Brown, and a rehabbing still Hayward and, and aging Horford because he'd opt in and take all that cash or they restructure his contract. Either way, he's staying. And then, yeah, I mean, your team suddenly doesn't look like it has this bright future like we've always talked about, at least not in the sense of, of contending for a championship.
0: Right. I mean, it's not like Horrible, because you still would have Tatum and Brown, two guys who sort of led you to a conference finals and who have enormous room to grow. And that would be exciting to watch. But yeah, you're right. Like it wouldn't be this team where you're came into this season being the favorite in the East and seeming to be like the team of the future in the East. And that would be. Pretty horrible for, for the franchise to, to sort of have to start this thing over again and and take a slower approach to it.
1: Do you think? And I've I'll ask this a different way than I've asked other people. You know, and I think last week Kevin Arnovitz was on from ESPN. I, I asked him if if Kyrie's decision was at all contingent upon Danny being able to trade for Anthony Davis. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Who knows? Let's take that a step further. Do you think Kyrie's decision whether to stay or go? Is contingent upon that playoff run. You know, if they go to the conference finals or NBA finals and come up just short, but it it looks like that you know everything that they've thought was here is here, and and he's maybe a little more optimistic. He stays versus what we just outlined. They lose in the first round. Maybe maybe it's just truly ugly. They go down in five or six games, and and a couple of them aren't even competitive. They're blowouts like what we saw to the to the Raptors and some of the other teams that uh, that that there have been ugly losses to. And he goes. You know? Do you think that that his future is going to be dependent upon just how good or bad a playoff run is?
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's, it's like impossible to get inside Kyrie's head, but um, it's it probably a seem, good thing, <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. It does seem a little like that. I mean, I guess it depends on how it happens. Um, you know, if it's just if it's just clear that this chemistry stuff is is what plays into them having, you know, a five game out in the first round. Yeah, I would I would think he would definitely take that into heavy consideration going into the into free agency. I mean it'll be the lasting thing in his mind going into and we know he can he sort of lives in the last like month of his life because three months ago he was like totally bought into the franchise. Mm-hmm so well he's, so, he's very so, uh, much
1: an in the moment kind of guy <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so and that would be,
0: leave a obvious sour taste in his mouth but but uh i i mean if they are super competitive and losing the first round of the sixers you know it's it seems like you know you can you can convince them that hey we're going to be better next year and some of this stuff you know with guys leaving in the summer will sort of sort out the chemistry issues. That's, that's your hope. But yeah, I, I do feel like the, the playoffs will have a huge factor on his decision.
1: Can you believe just before I let you go that, I mean, this is where we are. Three quarters into the year, the pieces still don't fit. The team is unlikable, largely not fun to watch, you know, doesn't, appear to be a real contender right now. Yes, they they could turn around, but in this moment they don't. Lots of people would peg Brad Stevens as the fourth best head coach in town, which, you know, we never would have envisioned a, a year ago at this time. Why why were we all so wrong?
0: I know why. I was wrong. I wildly underestimated the factor of these guys um who led the team to the Eastern Conference Finals last year, accepting lesser roles i just figured it would fall into place they would they were they're young guys and they would understand that this is just how it is like you have to take a smaller role on a team that is getting hayward and kyrie back and those guys are veterans and all-stars who you guys need to to defer to and that just didn't happen it was a way bigger deal than I anticipated that that those guys um, feel like they led the team to the Eastern Conference Final, which is understandable. They're, they're like, hey, we did all this last year, and we want to build on that. But I, I just wildly underestimated that being a factor.
1: What's incredible, too, I, I talked about this last week, is that you didn't just underestimate it, and I, I'm speaking for myself here as well, you looked at it as as a good thing. You know, that they would use right. that experience right. exactly. and carry them into this year, and and it's totally gone the other way. It has actually been yeah. the, seemingly the worst thing that could have happened to them because it gave them <laughs> this inflated level of confidence or or belief in themselves that, quite frankly, you don't necessarily want them to have at this stage of their careers when you have – guys who are better in this moment maybe not long term but in this moment are better coming back that as you said you want them to be more deferential toward and they're not it's almost like the we did this you guys go screw and now it's ugly
0: yeah 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 that that's certainly true i, I mean i guess the other thing is that hayward is not nearly the player that i thought he was i thought he was going to come back and be better than he has been.
1: We were talking um, a year ago at this time about the possibility of him coming back for the playoffs last year. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, th- like, right. think about that's how right. stupid that sounds.
0: <laughs> I know, seriously. I spent so much time monitoring. Like, is there enough time left? But yeah, it seems crazy now. Like
1: analyzing he's... his workouts. <laughs> My God. I mean, the...
0: yeah, yeah. The Paul George thing sort of gives you hope that he can come back next season and be back to. You know, closer to full strength, but yeah, it's it's clear that he's not the same player. Well, not even just I'm that.
1: Gonna... Like, there, I mean, there were. I remember there was a report from uh, I don't remember who he talked to, but Shavlik Randolph is talking about Gordon Hayward. Like oh, he he was right. quoted overseas. Say well, I, I suffered the same kind of injury. I came back just fine, pretty quickly. This was my ta- timetable. Gordon's going to be fine. And a lot of us looked at that and said, "Well, Schaflik Randolph, <laughs> right, right, <laughs> it, right, it's, right." It really, yeah. it's it's pretty unbelievable. Pretty like the where yeah. where we are right now is just. I I think you know I I saw somebody and and this it applies to the whole general outlook and situation for the organization. Even though I I think it was Keith Smith tweeted this just. About the specifically one of the games the Celtics were playing, and he just wrote, you know, if 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 you can't laugh, you're going to cry, or something like that. So so (laughs) you you may as well have a chuckle. It's pretty wild. And and yeah, I I mean,
0: at this point, you're like, you have to, as Kyrie said, like you can't really worry about the standings anymore. You just have to accept that they're like a fourth or fifth seed, and then hope that they rally around. Uh, now being like an underdog, which seems unbelievable.
1: God, if these, if these guys start the playoffs on the road, that yeah, we yeah. never would have seen that. You know, it's it's one thing, hey, it, like I, I didn't think they were a lock to win the East in the regular season. I, I didn't put too – you know, I wasn't one of those they're going to win 60 games. They could even take a step back and, and win, you know, 50 or 49 or 52, whatever. Like that's – that. Was fine. I I didn't care about that. I didn't put a whole lot of stock in all that stuff. But to not be a top four seed in the East, I never would have seen that coming.
0: Yeah, and then potentially having to go through Philly, Toronto, and uh, Milwaukee on the ro- like on the road. That yeah. seems <laughs> that's just, just a worst case scenario. I I always thought that Indiana was going to really fall back, but they seem to. Yeah, they held I, on at least. I don't think they're going to be that great in the playoffs, but at least they're going to hold on to a top seed, I feel
1: like. Well, I'll let you go with that. We'll see what happens, obviously, with the big trip coming up, as you said, and and just over the next week as we continue to monitor this team. Because the weeks, the games, they are ticking away very quickly. The playoffs are going to be here before we know it. And what to expect at that point your guess, my guess, anyone's guess it's, it's who the hell knows this team has been more <laughs> unpredictable than anything else, but yahoo sports n b a writer Ben Rohrbach. ben, thank you very much,
0: yeah, yeah, well, to answer that Brad Stevens question, maybe now they're the underdogs again, so
1: he can yeah, he can, there you go,
0: he can figure it out
1: that's uh, see now now we have something to rally around, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, there you go,
0: all right, thanks a lot for having me on Adam
1: pleasure. Great catching up again with Ben. Hope you enjoyed it as well. A lot to ponder with this team going forward and a lot for us to watch for and dissect as we get closer and closer to the playoffs. So thanks to Ben, my producer, Evan Valenti. Thanks to Nick, to Larry, John, everyone else at CLNS Media for making these shows possible. As I always say, thanks most of all to you. We welcome your feedback. You can get me on Twitter, at Adam M. Kaufman. You can subscribe, as I encourage you to do on iTunes. Search for Celtics Beat, and uh, shows drop every single Sunday. And you can leave us a five-star review if you feel so inclined. You can leave us a review. Whatever it is you're thinking, we take all of your uh, feedback into consideration. Today's show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Go to clnsmedia.com slash win or use the promo code CLNS50 to get a 50% bonus on your next deposit. Our show also brought to you by The Athletic. Get 40% off your monthly subscription just by going to theathletic.com slash Celticspeed. All right we'll see what's next starts with a big one against the rockets i'll be there look for me but i won't be on the jumbotron probably so you may have to actually hunt around maybe we see gino if all goes well play us out of here guy Sports fans, I'm Coach Nick of the B Ball Breakdown podcast on the CLNS Media Network. I break down the NBA from a coach's perspective and have some of the best basketball minds join me weekly to discuss the latest NBA news and what's truly going on on the court. Subscribe to the B Ball Breakdown podcast wherever you get your podcasts, or find us on CLNSMedia.com. It's a great conversation. You in?